Hello, friend, and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am Callie Dixon, your host, and today is going to be a phenomenal episode because I was able to interview Kristen Tebow. She is one of the pioneers of the modern plant-based food movement. She is a stage three cancer survivor, and she is now, after surviving that cancer, living her life as a nationally recognized personal chef uh, and delivery company uh, for clients including the Dodgers, the Red Sox, Amazon, BuzzFeed, Apple, Ring, Pandora, Lyft, and that is just about half of the list that uh, she actually delivers to. So um, I am just thrilled to be able to share her story with you because I think it's the whole point of this podcast is to show you people who have an illness, who have been sick, and who can still live amazing lives despite and sometimes even because of their illness. So I'm so excited to be able to share her story with you today and share all of the amazing things that she is doing. Um, Before I get into this episode, though, I have a really exciting announcement for you. Um, I have a new resource that I have put months into preparing. Um, It's something that I normally would charge uh, a lot of money for. But you know what? Times are rough right now, and I just thought it would be a really valuable resource to give to you for free. So if you're interested in it, I have put together what I am calling a four-week plan to reclaiming your identity after chronic illness. Uh, I know for me that the number one thing that bothered me was that I couldn't figure out who I was with this new illness. And then I did some research a while back and found that actually it's a very common occurrence for people when you have a chronic illness to lose your sense of identity. So that's a problem and I decided that I would come up to as good of a solution as I could for that problem and that is this resource, a four-week plan to getting back to you. Uh, So if that's something you are interested in, uh, head over to riverandquill.com backslash four week identity plan and you will be able to download that for free. I also have a link to it in my show notes so all you have to do is click and it'll take you right there. Okay and there is one more thing and that is that along with this free resource I am also offering for the first time one-on-one coaching. This is for those of you who really want to do the work, who want to get serious about this, and who want to have a professional walk alongside them as they do that. So check out the resource if that's something you're interested in. There are links to the coaching sessions. And now let's get to the episode with Kristen. The power of your beliefs, what you think is who you are, what you say is who you are. So how you act and what you put out into the world is to me one of the most profound things. I have set goals and visualized things for my business that I might, you know, I might sometimes miss it by a little hair, but I get so close it, it's exactly what it needs to be. Or sometimes I, prof- I go way past it, but I, I'm always on that path. 
of visioning what the future will look like and believing it in my body that it is meant to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chronically Well podcast. I am so excited to introduce all of you today to Kristen Tebow. Um, She is a chef who has gone through an incredible journey with cancer, with eating, with switching to completely plant-based. I am so excited to really launch into her journey today. So um, thank you so much for being here, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much. It's really great to be here. Yay. I'm so glad we finally connected. Um, But before we talk about illness or any of your journey, um, I'd really love for my listeners just to kind of get on a personal level with you and just know who is Kristen right now? Where are you living? What makes your home home? Um, What are you doing professionally? I mean, right now things are a little bit crazy with coronavirus, but what would you typically be doing if you weren't staying? (laughs) I weren't in quarantine? Yes. I'm actually not quarantined. I should should be careful about saying that. I keep saying Um, that too. I'm like, I'm not actually sick. I'm just (laughs) self-imposing it, but yeah. Um, sure. So uh, I live in sunny Southern California. We're in a little uh, surfing village called uh, San Clemente, uh, which is just about 45 minutes north of San Diego, sort of halfway between San Diego and LA. Um, I live right on the beach. So what makes my home home is the view I get to wake up to every day, which is sort of an infinite possibility sort of experience of just seeing endless ocean, which is beautiful. And the waves and the dolphins and the whales, all the whale watching ships come right outside my house. So I watch them all, all the time. Um, and, uh, probably the, you know, it's funny you say that what, what makes my home home, it's probably my beautiful family. You know, I have two, uh, two beautiful little boys, uh, two adopted sons. My oldest is Nigerian. Um, my youngest is Haitian and, um, they're just amazing little guys and they make this place crazy. I'm actually, I've locked them out of my room so I can do this interview. Um, we are all out of school and home now for the next three weeks with everything going on. So, yeah. Uh, and what I normally do, let's see, what do I, so normally I, uh, when I'm, when I would be working, um, because now everything is pretty much shut down for us. I'm in the food industry. Um, we actually, uh, I am the founder of the fastest growing food company in California. We just got ranked by Inc. Magazine. Um, and awesome. yeah, it's, it's been an incredible journey, incredible journey. We do high performance, healthy food uh, for professional athletes, for sports teams, and for companies that want to feed their teams like professional athletes. Um, I am plant-based. Um, and so n- 99% of what I do for my clients is, is plant-based, plant-forward. We sort of use animal proteins as a condiment, if you will. Um, and our, you know, my, one of my missions is to teach uh, people that, uh, you know, you can get everything you need from the plants and that really, if we could focus that way, we'd all be a lot healthier. So that's sort of my, my one of my life missions. <laughs> I'm so curious to talk to you about this. Um, yeah, I can imagine if you are, if the main portion of your business is to uh, sports teams, that's going to be a little complicated right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. It's actually right now the 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 best part of our business because uh, all, the, all the companies we feed have all shut down and everyone's working from home. So uh-huh. we've actually pivoted and started to do home delivery and executive meal program for our mm-hmm. clients so that we can continue to feed healthy food at home while, while people are stuck at home. That's so um, smart. 
which has been interesting and interesting pivot. Um, but our sports teams have actually been uh, more protected because although they're not playing, um, they're all still practicing. So okay. we, we feed sports teams day in and day out uh, for every practice. So like with, with basketball, like with the Warriors, Golden State Warriors, we, we, we feed them, we, we run the kitchen at Chase Stadium in San Francisco and we, we handle every meal they need while they're at the stadium. Um, for the Giants, we're at the ballpark and we do pre-batting, post-batting, dinner, practice, everything for them. So um, that's been um, probably the most stable of everything when everything is so unstable right now. They are very lucky right now because what I'm stocked up on is like mac and cheese and all, you know, all the dry goods. And yes. You can I stock went, up on brown rice and quinoa too. <laughs> oh, that's true. I do have brown rice and I do have quinoa. So perfect. <laughs> good. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, but I need my own nibble, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're working on that. We're working on a home delivery for, for the consumer too. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. So can you tell me a little bit? So the company is called Nibble. Um, and where did, where did this come from? Where did you get this idea? Yeah, you know, so I started my journey, um, gosh, 11 years ago, I had a double cancer diagnosis. Okay. And at the time I was working in PR and marketing, um, in the beauty and wellness space, and I couldn't travel when everything was going on. And a friend of mine, and I, I'd always been the, the friend, uh, who was always doing all the dinner parties and always cooking. And I was always kind of taking care of people with food. Mm -hmm. And during my recovery, um, a friend of mine said, Hey, you know, what, could you cook for me? Cause I know you're doing really healthy stuff for yourself. I had, I had decided to go vegan and, and at the time macrobiotic, Mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a way to heal myself during my, my, my treatment. And, uh, I started cooking for her and then, you know, how that old adage goes, uh, she told a friend and so on and so on. And suddenly I had like 15 women that I was cooking for all executive women. And I was like, gosh, I made me do this. Like, what if I, what if I did this? I didn't have to go back on a plane. I was literally, you know, uh, every day flying to LA and New York. And I was just on this, this treadmill, um, like a hamster on a treadmill. And I was like, what if I didn't have to do that? And, um, I made this huge leap of faith and gave myself a year, um, to, to try being in food and it just grew and grew. And then I decided I should probably go to culinary school and make it legit. So I went back to culinary school. Um, and from there I got lucky one day and, uh, happened to meet, uh, uh, David Ortiz, who's on the Red Sox, his, one of his handlers. And at the time David wanted to go vegan and he wanted to lose weight. So I got the blessed chance to feed him. Wow. And that's how my career basically started. And that then sort of rolled to, I was asked to take over as executive chef at the Four Seasons in San Francisco. They wanted to open uh, the very first plant-based restaurant mm -hmm. in, the, in the properties. And so I did that. I moved my whole family across country. Um, and we did that. And from there, one day I was sitting in the restaurant. And in a restaurant, you're working seven days a week. And we were there at four in the morning till two, sometimes almost 24 hours a day, running an operation like that. And I looked at it and I had Oracle as a corporate client and they wanted us to start doing lunch for them. And I was like, gosh, well, what if we just did catering? I mean, it's not very sexy. doesn't sound very sexy, but hmm, what would that be like? Um, and so we decided to step out of the restaurant and we uh, pivoted again. And I pivoted, a lot of pivoting going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always kind of refer to myself as like a speedboat. Like I'm not like a big cruise ship that like takes hours to turn. We're a little like a tiny little speed, a little speedboat. We're like, yip, 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 sure, <laughs> whatever you need, we'll do it. Um, and so we started doing corporate catering and catering for sports teams. 
And today, you know, that was three and a half years ago. And today we do about 6,000 meals a day in two cities. So I can barely make three meals a day for my kids (laughs) for their lunches. (laughs) 6,000. I know it's a a little overwhelming. If if I actually step in and look at it, it it totally freaks me out to look at it. So it's literally gotten bigger. Um, I'm in this situation where I've grown a company that's so much bigger than I could have imagined. And it just keeps growing. I mean, we're in a little bit of a hiatus right now, but you know, it keeps growing and it's, it's got a life of its own, which is pretty crazy. Incredible. It's incredible. Um, well, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, you mentioned you had a double diagnosis, a dual diagnosis of cancer. Can you take me back to the time of diagnosis how old were you? What kinds of, um, it's a lot, I like to talk on this podcast a lot about the, the, the psychological, the emotional ramifications of, um, getting sick. And I've actually, I've, oh, I've talked to one other cancer patient. You're my second cancer patient that I've talked to. Um, I'm just curious, what, what were your thoughts when that happened? What were your symptoms? What did you go through? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so, uh, I was 42. Um, and my mom had passed about three years earlier from stage four metastasized breast cancer that had gone to her brain. Mm. Um, and I had, I've always been a really healthy person, never, not a big doctor goer, Mm -hmm. um, just have always, um, had a pretty healthy lifestyle. And, I had just decided because I think I, there was like there was like for the that was kind of the time when all of a sudden in the news they were saying oh you should actually you know when you're in your forties you should go get a mammogram and before then you just didn't do that until you were much older yeah. um, and so I decided okay well I'll just go why not I'll just go since you know my mom's history why don't I just go yeah and I went and uh, they called me the next day and said you know we we, we found something we think it looks like a lump on your lung. And cause it was way far on the back on my, on my left side. Um, and I went back in and they did another one and they did a look biopsy, they did all these different things. And it turned out that I had, um, at the end of the day, I had stage three breast cancer. They, uh, found, uh, into my 12th lymph node on my left side. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's one of those things like, uh, I'll never forget the day they called. It was actually, uh, June 27th, the day before my birthday, mm-hmm. they, which was my mother's birthday. Um, and they called me and my husband was actually working in Australia and I had been literally on a plane to LA and back to New York and had just gotten home and they called me and it, it, it sounds extreme to say, but literally it's one of those things that brings you to your knees. Like I can remember the feeling in my body of like, oh my gosh, I have cancer. And the, like the, like the, the air just like left my body. And I remember myself like literally going to my knees because mm-hmm. by myself and I sat there and I, I didn't even know what to do. Like I, I just was frozen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I think that feeling of like desperation lasted probably for me, maybe an hour. Mm. And I got so ignited to, you know, just like, I, I have too much to live for. I hadn't had children yet. I, I was like, wait a second, like the, your whole life starts spinning, you know, the, you, you, the, the, the playbook of your life kind mm. of comes flashing before you. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't done this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. Like, oh my God. And I remember thinking to myself, God, if you just, if, if I, 
I'm going to get through this. And when I get through this, I'm going to live my life on purpose. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to do the things that I should do. And I just, that moment, it just clicked for me. And that's how I've lived my life ever since. Um, with a, a, a ton of gratitude and a ton of, uh, sense of purpose and resilience. And, um, yeah, so, um, so I, uh, just kind of go back to that time again. So I, um, you know, I had found out my diagnosis. I had, I chose to have a double mastectomy. Um, and I decided not to do any other treatments. I decided not to do tamoxifen or any of the things that, um, the chemical based stuff. And I, I committed myself to living a holistic, healthy life and using food and nutrition and wellness and, um, mindfulness to heal myself and to keep myself well. Um, then about two years, about a year and a half later, um, I had been having recurring challenges with sort of precancerous things going on, um, in my uh, reproductive organs. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it turned out that I had, uh, uh, stage one, uh, uterine cancer. So, and they're mm -hmm. all pretty much linked together. So, you know, it's, it could be, it was, the, uh, you know, the same cancer from my breast uh, had migrated. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I had a radical hysterectomy, um, um, and yeah, and the blessing of that, honestly, is I had the chance to adopt two beautiful little mm -hmm. boys and, you know, the whole experience was the best thing that's ever happened. Cause it changed my life profoundly in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to shift and become a chef. It gave me the opportunity to be a mother. It gave me an opportunity to make a difference in the world through foster care adoption. Um, it just really sort of put a stamp on my life that uh, changed it profoundly. So holy pivot, like <laughs> everything that you, you just said, you're on, you're on your knees. You just found out you had cancer an hour later pivot. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into to something better. You find out you can't have kids. You had to have your uterus removed. Pivot. I'm going to foster and adopt. I, I mean, I love you already. So. Oh, you're so sweet. But I, but it is that mindset, you know, like there, you can stay stuck in it or you can pivot. And I it's a choice, right? There's, there's literally, there are defining moments in life for all of us. And every single one of us is going to have crisis, right? That at some point it might be early in life, late in life, wherever it's going to be, it's going to happen. And for some of us, it's a smaller thing or a bigger thing. The reality is in that moment, you have a choice, right? You can choose. And there's no arguing that you choose to be in it. You choose to move through it. Um, and that's not to say there's not emotions and stuff like you're bringing up the question what? of the psychological and the emotional stuff. This is enormous, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and profound things that happen, I think, in your body when particularly when you have breast or uterine cancer and you're losing, you know, a lot of your femininity, sexuality, mm -hmm. your your hormones, all that shifts. And um, I don't think our society spends enough time. Uh, supporting women and supporting yeah. people in general with cancer recovery or any chronic illness where you're profoundly changed because of it um, to understand the deep impact it has emotionally. So I think that's a really important subject that you bring up. Mm. I want to go back to that. It's not one of my questions, <laughs> um, but if you don't mind wandering off the path a little bit here, um, how did you get back to a feeling of because what I heard you saying is maybe you lost your identity as a woman a bit um, because I mean, you're having double mastectomy. You had to have your uterus removed. Like how do you get that sense of identity back in yourself as a woman? How did yeah, you do that? Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. You know, I think, I think that's something I struggle with 
it's 11 years now that I'm cancer free. Um, and I think I struggle with that still almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I chose not to have, um, my nip- artificial nipples put on. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see myself every day in the mirror, mm-hmm. I see my scars and I've learned to love my scars and embrace my mm-hmm. scars. Um, but I see them and it mm-hmm. does impact me. And I think my staying connected to my sensuality and my mm-hmm. femininity mm-hmm. um is a daily mindful practice for me mm-hmm. um i've done lots of great things like s factor which is this amazing uh, uh exploring your feminine feminine energy class um and i'm kind of always trying to work in that in that way and try to stay um connected because it's easy i think to become for me disconnected because i'm also as a really busy uh, professional woman, I can slip into my sort of masculine super easy. Yeah. Um, and be yeah. really like sort of, I'll just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is something that I think, um, is pretty impactful for me. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, all right. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, you talked about how you are plant-based, how you, were you eating plant-based when you got sick or did you make that, that switch? Um, I, I had dabbled in and out of all sorts of things because I'd been in the beauty and wellness industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was always really into nutrition and cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at the time, was a bit more like macrobiotic, as I mentioned, which is also includes fish. And it's kind of a different philosophy, a Japanese style of eating and okay. wellness. Um, and I switched to plant-based when I when I had my diagnosis. What made you do that? What was appealing about it? You know, I just it felt really right in my gut. Like I, I, I had had some really amazing experiences in, in plant-based cooking and food and, and lifestyle things. And just knew the people that I had gotten to know that were deeply committed to being plant-based were really healthy and clear minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it felt like a really great choice on that side. And then just all the research around protein converting to carbon in your body and that being, and, and it being, you know, really a sort of a cancer, uh, it feeds your cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd done a lot of research on that once I was diagnosed and I just felt like it just made sense to stop putting that in my body. Yeah. And you're still eating plant-based today. You know, I go in and out, um, but mostly plant-based I'd say, um, my whole family, my kids and everything were, we're probably 95 to 97% plant-based sometimes hundred mm-hmm. percent, but mm-hmm. as a chef, it's a little tough because yeah. I'm um, cooking other things that I have to taste and things. So I don't, I'm not a purist that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have, I have sort of personal uh, beliefs around animal well being and things. So I, I strive as much as I can to be plant-based, but. Okay. Um, so for someone interested sort of in, um, either plant-based or nutrition as a catalyst for healing, um, where would you tell them to start? What types of resources, what types of things did you do or did you engage in to help you on that? Sure. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, right now, I mean, the beauty of the internet is there's just so much on the internet about healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Um, there's amazing, you know, research and resources online. Um, there's so many great books about being uh, plant-based and being vegan. Um, I highly recommend some of the best Netflix documentaries if you want to really push yeah. yourself, you know, like what the health and um, there's just uh, dozens of them right now that are great resources to really understand the impact of, 
of being plant-based versus not being plant-based and some things to consider um, that go just beyond even your health, you know, around uh, the social impact, the environmental impact, the sustainability, all those things. Um, and, you know, and I think it's really, it's, I've, I, I coach a lot of people on becoming plant-based. Um, I have hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years, probably thousands. Um, um, and to me, it's really simple, small steps. Mm-hmm. And you know, it takes like 65 times truly to create a habit of anything. Mm-hmm. So I always recommend just starting with something small. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'll say, how about you stop using, let's look at dairy as the first thing to consider removing, right? So it's a little bit easier than meat for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How about you just stop doing cream in your coffee and you convert that to a non-dairy mm-hmm. pick a pick an alternative. And I, I'm a big fan of like ripple and um, there's some beautiful uh, oat milk. I love oat milk. Right. They're so good. And mm-hmm. so just do that. Just start with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And do that for a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden what you realize is you don't even notice. Right. And then I go to the next thing, which is butter. And I say, OK, let's let go of butter and let's look at something like Miyoko's or some of the really beautiful butter replacers that are cultured European style. Really nice. Mm-hmm. Put those in your kitchen. Start and then slowly start swapping things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me has been the most probably the most effective way for people to do that change is just nice and slow and steady. Um, Small steps. And probably the last things are like the letting, like trying to integrate. I think trying to integrate tofu and tempeh, which are all great. It's, those are the things that maybe come a little bit later because okay. um, they're a little bit hard for people that aren't used to cooking them. Yes. Well, tell me about miyokos. Is that what you said? Miyoko. Yeah, miyokos. Oh, so it's it's beautiful. They're actually, it's an, a woman a woman owned uh, company out of Oakland, California. They are fantastic. Um, they do a cultured European butter that's made out of cashew. They do these beautiful cultured fermented cheeses mm-hmm. that are just gorgeous. And they you if you don't tell someone, they would never know they're not cheese. Really? Yeah. Uh, they melt. They do everything. They they mimic cheese really really well. Can we get that across the country or is it a California? Everywhere. Yeah, it's available now. I mean, in most, you know, whether it's a Vons or a Ralph's or a Safeway or whatever uh, grocery store you have, mm-hmm. um, Instacart has it, Amazon has it, Whole Foods has it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out. I did not even know about it. Thank you. It'll be lovely. Yeah. You'll, <laughs> I, it's funny. I cook with it all the time. And um, Generally, you know, my, my goal has always been when I kind of, when I, when I started cooking plant-based, I was kind of on this mission to like make healthy food taste good and, and also have people have no idea that it's vegan. Like my goal was like, I don't want anyone to know. And so even today, 97, probably safely to say 97% of what I cook every day, those 6,000 meals is all vegan, but nobody knows. We just don't talk about it. (laughs) I love it. Um, Do you have like a go-to favorite vegan meal? Like Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm kind of a down and dirty, like for my family, um, we do a lot of bowls, like Buddha bowl kind of things. Uh My kids, because I have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, um, we do a ton with like brown rice or quinoa, farro. Uh, I'm big into fonio, which is an African grain. Um, and we just do that with veggies. A lot of, we do a lot of kale, um, and a lot of beans. Like that tends to be what we do as our, our go-to. I, I pack that in their lunches every day and we eat that a lot. Um, but I, I'm big into mushrooms. I love shiitakes. Um, I'm big into like pho and uh, Vietnamese food. So we do a lot of vegan versions of that. Um, a lot of vegan comfort foods, mac and cheese, uh, uh, shepherd's pie, all that kind of stuff. So. Wow, I'm getting really <laughs> hungry. I haven't eaten yet today. So. Oh no. <laughs> Um, any other, okay. So what are some, I, I don't have these in, in my questions for you either. So you can just be like, Kelly, no, but, um, 
any other like must-haves in the kitchen for plant-based cooking? So you said, um, like, yeah. So I think I think having a really good vegan butter. Um, I think having a vegan milk alternative. I actually make my own soy milk because I I like being able to not have nothing in it, that none of the added guar gum and agar gar and all of the other additives that they tend to put into unfortunately processed food, which soy milk is processed. Um, but I think having a good milk alternative, I'm, I'm a big fan of oat milk. Like you said, it's so great. It works well with everything. Mm-hmm. You can cook with it like you would cook with milk and it, it's very stable um, and easy. So you can just easily sub. Um, I think getting a good egg replacer is great. Just eggs is an amazing product um, that literally scrambles. And again, nobody knows the difference. We do it all the time for breakfast and people have no idea that it's not really eggs. Mm-hmm. You're fooling people left and right. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly, yeah, I'm constantly like spoofing. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I think those are great. Um, I'm a really big fan of tempeh. I, I do like tofu, but it is highly processed. Mm-hmm. So I, tr- I tend to stay away from processed food. Um, it's, it's a great protein source and easy, but I think tempeh is great. It's not processed as much. It's just pressed fermented soybeans. Um, it's high in protein. So literally a four ounce slice of tempeh sauteed or steamed uh, gives you all the protein you need combined with vegetables in your day. So it's really easy. Yeah. Interesting. So you can just, can you just go to the store and get tempeh? And yep, you can go. Yeah. Trader Joe's has a great tempeh. They actually have a, I love it. They have a five grain tempeh. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cheap. It's like a dollar 79 or something for the unit. It's great. We need it. They won't, they won't come to Rockford. If anyone's, oh, no. Trader Joe's. Come to Rockford. We've been begging. Well, you know, your grocery store probably has it Yeah, in the refrigerator section. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Aside from diet, was there anything else? I mean, you talked a little bit about mindfulness, if you want to talk a little bit more about that or anything else that um, was particularly helpful for you during the healing process? Like what really pulled you and and brought you along the journey from that sick to well? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think mindfulness is probably the most important thing. It, it surpasses nutrition, I think by, by, by a mile Um, to me, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of the power of intention. I'm a big secret follower. Um, And, you know, I was blessed early in my life to experience the secret and start to understand the power of my intentions. And to me, that mindset is, is, completely what healed me and keep along with food, but it really is the driving force to me, I believe, um, in being healthy, no matter who you are. I think it's the power of your beliefs. What you think is who you are. What you say is who you are. So how you act and what you put out into the world is to me, one of the most profound things. And so I literally, through my entire recovery, I have, I mean, I could walk you through my house. I have mantras like Everywhere, even every day, I look. I have five or six mantras. They're everywhere in my house. My kids like make jokes about it. Um, you know, what we, are they? What are um, you? Well, so you know, I I I have all I need inside me. Um, I I am chosen to make a difference in this world. Mm. I am here for a reason, and that reason is profound. Um, and then I have a bunch of others that are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you know, and I, 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 every year we do, uh, we do, uh, vision boards, my, everyone in my family, who my little kids, we do vision boards. And while I was sick, I literally spent so much time envisioning my future mm-hmm. and focusing on what I saw would be who I was 
meant to be. And I think that for people that I've known that have chronic illness and um, that to me is one of the biggest healing factors. Yes, that was definitely true for me too. I, I would even just physically envision my body healing. Like I would think of my bladder wall and think of what it looked like damaged. And then I found a picture online of a healthy bladder wall and I just would like meditate on that. Like that's, that's what I want. That's what, that's where I'm going. That's what it's going to be. That's what I am, right? That's what I am. I'm healthy. I'm well. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love your story. Um, what kind of, uh, mindfulness practices like do you do yoga do you meditate um which what kind of practical ways do you do sure yeah so i had i'm I'm pretty regimented around that um i wake up really early in the morning i'm generally awake by 4 4 30 Mm -hmm. um, and i have a whole sort of routine that i do um Mm -hmm. i do a a sunrise meditation and uh, priming i call it um you might have heard of that before but it's it's a breathing technique um where I do breath work along with mantras uh, to the sun because um, the sun, you know, and vitamin D are really, really important. And yeah. so getting that morning sun is really profound to our, for our health. Mm-hmm. Um, I do yoga. I do mindful meditation. Um, I do a lot of sitting um, in practice um, a couple times a day. So. Oh man, that's so great. I love it. I've just, I, it's been a few years now for me, maybe two of getting up early and it's made a, a huge huge difference. Um, Something you said, so the um, the power of positive thinking and intentionality, um, you put that all into place before you started your business, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think it's fascinating seeing someone who really believed that and look at you. I mean- it's, I mean, I, I'm literally living proof that, yes. that the power of your mind works hundred percent. I mean, I, I have set goals in, in visualized things for my business that I might, you know, I might sometimes miss it by a little hair, but I yes. get so close. It, it's exactly what it needs to be. Or sometimes I, prefer, I go way past it, but I, I'm always on that path mm-hmm. of envisioning what the future will look like and believing it in my body that it is meant to be. <laughs> Did you envision 6,000 meals a day? Uh, yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I, I, I'm actually envisioning right now, I'm actually at $100 million uh, a year in sales and donating um, a million meals a year is my goal right now. I have a nonprofit and we do about 1,000 meals a week for kids. And so that's my focus is that. And when, when I focus on that growth, what ends up happening is my company grows to try to keep up with my, my vision. <laughs> So great. So tell me a little bit about that. It's called the, is it Patra Petra? The Patra, the Patra, Patra. Project. Yeah. So a Patra is the bowl that a Buddhist monk carries with him when he goes from village to village to share his spiritual knowledge. And in exchange for sharing the teachings of Buddha, they, he gets food. And in the Buddhist tradition, a, a, a monk can't ask for food. They have to be given food. And so it the food is placed into their potra bowl. So um, oh, I love my it. practices and everything uh, that felt really fitting to me. Uh-huh. Um, the potra project is focused hundred percent on food insecurity and food equality. Um, there's just incredible disparity in our country uh, around the haves and the have nots and the right to access to food and the ability to access food. And uh, my mission is to, to sort of erase that inequality. Mm. How are you? So how are you doing that with a with Patra? Patra, Patra right? Patra. Patra. Yeah. So, um, so mm-hmm. we, um, 
you know, being in, in, in food service, there's mm-hmm. a lot of waste in food. And when I started out with the Potter Project, it really came out of seeing all this waste and being like, this is ridiculous. And it's all being thrown away and you have to throw it away. And the city's ordinances don't allow you to do anything with it. It's just ridiculous. And so I, I set out to try to figure out how to change that and realized that I could create a nonprofit and then I could take what would be waste potentially and I could repurpose things and I could get it to people that are homeless I could get it to think and then I started seeing the need for children and we're based in Oakland Mm. um, in San Francisco where there's just such disparity Mm. Um, so we found some partners uh, some schools in Oakland Mm. um, and when we looked at what was needed at first we were like, oh, let's do a school lunch program, let's do a breakfast program. And we saw, well, that actually happens in most schools in, mm-hmm. and now we're in LA as well, but LA and in Oakland. Mm-hmm. But what doesn't happen is like, or the big question was what, what happens when they go home? Yeah. Right? And, and in Oakland alone, there's 170,000 children that are either homeless or living in, in transitional um, uh, housing. Mm-hmm. And for these kids, th- there's, there's nothing oftentimes. And, and one in four kids goes to bed hungry mm-hmm. in Oakland. So we realized if we could create a meal that they could take home with them, um, and maybe we could make it big enough so that their family could enjoy a meal and they could have some dignity around having a beautiful meal. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought that would be great. And that's kind of how we started. Um, today, we do about a thousand meals a week in each city to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fun is we get to say things, you know, like, Hey, you're eating exactly what Steph Curry ate today. We feed the exact same food to professional athletes as we do to children. Oh, cool. Yeah. Erasing that, that, that sense of inequality, if you will. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, so how can we support this? How can we support this project? Um, no, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, so we have, uh, uh, we have at our website, you, uh, people can make a donation, a charitable donation. If anybody lives in LA or in San Francisco Bay area, they can come and donate time, um, pack food, uh, be a part of the outreach and, uh, and, you know, just really not only profoundly change someone else's life, but, but change their own life. Cause it's pretty powerful to, um, to watch kids eyes light up when they realize that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, I get to bring home this meal of, you know, beautiful quinoa and salmon. My mom has never had salmon. Like I've heard those words. I get to do this and bring this home to my family. Um, and they get to have the pride. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. So people could always help us that way. That's awesome. Well, I will put, um, I'll make sure I get the link to put down in the show notes. So if any of you want to donate to that cause, you can go ahead and do that. Um, And then I also wanted to ask you with your business, I mean, are you taking on new clients? Is that something someone listening could seek out? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we are always, you know, we're growing very quickly. Um, Like I said earlier, we were, we're ranked, uh, we just got ranked number 151 first fastest growing company in California. Um, We're actually the number one fastest growing food company in California. Um, So we are expanding rapidly. We just opened a brand new kitchen in Burbank. Um, We're focusing heavily on the entertainment industry and craft services now. Um, But we feed a lot of, we we feed one in 10 unicorns. Um, So we have really interesting clients and we would always love to feed anybody. Like the more, more healthy food I can get into people's hands, the better. 
Oh, I love it. Um, okay. Well, then we'll have links for anyone who's interested in that as well um, on the show notes. So to wrap up, um, I have just some really crazy <laughs> rapid fire questions for you because we got it. We got to, you know, everyone's listening to this. Maybe they're on their lunch break and it's all very heavy. We got to lighten it up for you guys. <laughs> right. Let's go. I'm Let's ready. Go. Okay. So favorite movie. Oh gosh. Love actually. Oh, same. So good. I mean, I probably have like 10 that I would be like, yes, favorite movie. But yeah, that's so good. Um, All right. If you had to eat fruit or vegetables, you had to pick one for the rest of your life, which one would you go with? Always vegetables. I'm a completely sugar-free person. Okay. So do you eat fruit? I don't eat fruit. No. No fruit at all. No, I get my vitamin C and everything from vegetables. Yep. Wow. What's the, okay. So sorry, I'm venturing off. What's the best vegetable for vitamin C or what? Is sure. it? Well, it's kind of a cheat because it really is technically a fruit, but like tomatoes are great. Okay. Um, and then all of your greens, um, okay. you know, have are chock full of everything you could possibly need. So I eat a lot of greens. So like right now kale. everyone needs to be eating their greens. hundred percent kale, collard greens, uh, shard, all these vegetables, anything with bright colors, eat them up. Red, red peppers, orange peppers, bell peppers, incredibly high in vitamin C. Um, yeah, yeah. There's this cool thing called ambla, um, which is actually the gooseberry. Um, they look like a little tomatillo. Mm -hmm. You can get them dried. You can get them. Um, you'll see Indian gooseberries dried. They have, uh, 30 times the vitamin C of an orange. No way. Yeah. An amla. Okay. Amla. A, it's Indian. Amla. A-M-L-A. Amla. A-M-L-A. Gooseberry. gooseberry. Okay. I'm going to be in search if I ever venture out to the grocery stores. <laughs> Never again. Well, you've got, do you have DoorNet? No, do you have uh, Instacart? We do have Instacart. Yeah, I could try that for a while longer. I don't know how much longer they're going to be doing that. I don't know. We'll see. I know. Corona outbreak. I'll send you some amla. Okay. 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 So much. I would love it. I've stockpiled amla. <laughs> That's what everyone else has their toilet paper. You've got your amla. I've got amla. <laughs> um, okay, Kristen, you have five minutes left to live. What do you do? Who do you call? What do you say? Hmm, five minutes left to live. Mm -hmm. I would gather my two little boys, Xander and Zakao, and my amazing husband, Kevin. Mm. And I would get into bed and we would snuggle and mm -hmm. laugh and have a pillow fight and a tickle fight and talk about beautiful memories that I could fill their minds with. So they would remember that. Mm -hmm. And we would laugh and sing. And I don't think I would call anybody because I, I would just want to be connected with them. Right there, right then. That is beautiful. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story with all of us today. You're a huge inspiration. You are like the epitome of who I seek out to give hope to anyone who is listening to this. So if you're listening, look at Kristen, look at how many people would get a cancer diagnosis and assume that it's the end. And that was just, that was your pivot. So it was just the beginning. It was the beginning. And, and now look at you. So Thank you. I, I so appreciate you sharing your story with us. Oh, it was a blessing for me to do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today, friend. I'm certain that you found Kristen's story as inspirational and just astounding as I did. Um, if you'd like to support her or find out more about the 
Hotra Project or about Nibble, you can head to nibble.com. That's N-Y-B-L-L.com. And for the Patra Project, you can head to P-A-T-R-A project.org. All of Kristen's contact information is listed in the show notes along with some other tidbits from the episode today. And again, if you're interested in that free resource, there is a link in the show notes as well. It's been my pleasure to bring Kristen's story to you today. And until the next episode, friend, I hope that you continue to live your life chronically well.